Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Big pick set out on top, but the ball is loose. And now they get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. Fly, fly. First and third, two up. The 2-2 from Iggy. Swing and a miss. The cards are headed to Omaha. Welcome into another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Sack Cantrell behind the glass. Sack attack! You know what we do at LSL, all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting every Wednesday or Tuesday, sometimes, you know, Thursday even. Um, you know, Taylor, how we doing, boss? Man, we are enjoying this little, like, late spring early summer preview we've had the last two days uh, talk to me one time but talk sadly, to me sadly it will be coming to an end unfortunately yes so i yesterday was magnificent dude i got the grill out grilled burgers last night yeah man it's wonderful i tell you there's nothing like warm weather i, I was out on the grill tonight uh, yes. cooking cooking for the fam so that's just you know, it's it's amazing what a little warmth and a, what a little sun can do. You know, put a little pep in your step. Absolutely, almost makes you know, basketball we, season not suck as much. But you know, right? Only almost, right? Yes. So that is going to be uh, the main topic once again this evening. Uh, where does Louisville basketball go from here after the embarrassing loss on last Wednesday to Notre Dame. Of course, the cards are in action tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Cameron Indoor against number 10 Duke. Looks like Filipowski will play. Um, another starter potentially may not. Uh, Caleb Foster is most likely doubtful for that game. It's not going to matter. Um, Taylor, where, where's your mind, bro, just with these last you know, five games of the ACC tournament? Did anything on Wednesday change for you, or did you want to speed the process up? Just where are you with Louisville basketball as it stands on February 27th? So it's funny. Zach and I actually had this discussion before uh, the show started of right now as a fan base, it it feels like the last week of school before summer vacation. 
and you're just like waiting and waiting for it to be over with. And it feels like it's dragging on and taking forever um, because you know that that break is on the other side and, and you feel like you're so close to it. That's exactly how it feels. We are so close to this thing being over with and it just feels like it's taking forever to get there. But uh, no, I mean, did, great analogy. did did Wednesday do anything for me? No. Did I watch Wednesday? Hell no. Of course not. I'm not gonna waste. <laughs> I'm not gonna waste my time with that. What are you talking about? I knew how that was gonna go. You want to be in you a good mood, right? Yeah. Exactly. You want to have a good day, and you're wasting your time Duke, watching the Dukies cry Zach, about court listen, storming. There is nothing. Zach, I hit my man up over here. Wednesday, I had a, I had a sweet sweet ticket for him. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I couldn't even bribe him with that. I, I'm straight, homie. I, I don't. I'm. I'm perfectly fine. Uh, Doesn't that say it all? You, you can't even bribe him with sweet tickets. No, that's an automatic go in pretty much every other walk oh, yeah, of life. Absolutely. Except here, you're not going. To, you give sitting a sweet. No, you give me like even two years ago. If you're like, hey, bro, I got sweet tickets. All right, bet I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm not going to that now. I'm not wasting my time to go downtown on a Wednesday night and be out late. No, I'm not nah, I'm not doing all that. For what? To watch what? No. Hey, what's wrong with being downtown late night? That's what I do every day. <laughs> the, the, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's wrong when you got to wake up in the morning. But I'm not going to waste my time to go down there and pay to park and, and do all that crap. No, it, it's, been, it's been blissful uh, to not have to watch Louisville basketball since the last post game I did. Um, Taylor, real quick, and Zach. Cards, Duke. Um, cards are nineteen and a half point dogs. Take it. Thoughts? Duke by a million. Duke, they're they're mad. Duke and the points. They're mad after losing to Wake Forest, and they're crying about the court storming. They're oh, going to yeah. take it out on Louisville. Yeah. This is not going to be close. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that was the pretty definitive answers there. No, for the for the Notre Dame game, I think that was the last. Like, I think by and large, and again, they're they're you know you're going to have um, you know a small faction of the fan base that will still ride for a three year. But I think by and large, that was the game. If you're looking for a tipping point that was like, all right, man, yeah, this is, this is terrible. This is bad. I've I've had a couple of boosters, uh, you know, text me, message me over the last month or so. And, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know how much they donate. I'm, I'm going to assume it's in the six figures. Um, so, you know, very decent size, impactful donors. And they're like, uh, I know I'm not, uh, no, I'm not alone in this. This is terrible. We're not going to do this. Uh, you know, we're done with this. Uh, there has to be a change. And that was, I mean, and again, th- this is nothing new, but like just the fact that, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting those messages a little bit more. As the season, you know, wears on, um, and, and again, it just it it just hits home how bad of a state this program is in right now. Because look, you know, you saw if you, if you saw Wednesday night, and, and Taylor and Zach, if you did listen, I think Zach, you were on the team up the road post game, but I gave props to Card Nation because they didn't boo, mm-hmm. and that was a game outside of Sky Clark for playing with a broken rib. Outside of him, the entire team and coaching staff deserved to get booed off the floor for that showing. It was a disgrace. And they didn't boo because I thought, to your point, to what Zach said to, to Taylor, your, your answer when you have sweet tickets, no, nah, I'm not going to go. That says it all there. And, and people were just exhausted, checked out. They're just there because. And that says it all. 
and that's why there's going to be a change. You know, I've, I'm still fully expect within 24 hours, 48 hours of the ACC tournament loss, um, something will be announced, and then we're going to be moving on to better days for Louisville basketball once again. You know, KP has had his time this season, plenty of time to, to turn things around, to, to make, um, you know, a positive impact. And, you know, 8-19, we're going to lose our 20th game of the season next or tomorrow night. That will be Louisville's third 20-loss season in 110-year history. God. Two of those three 20-loss seasons um, Kenny Payne is responsible for. And that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. And that's also a preview of um, Taylor of the postgame show. Tomorrow. I was going to say, that's, that's, that's a preview good. of your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame. Yeah. Can we just do the postgame show now? I can we just do it now and re-rack it tomorrow? Let's yeah. just pre-record. So, I'll we'll go just, home early. Yeah. I think we'll all be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll just we'll just throw this thing on and just record it now, and then we'll play it tomorrow night. It'll be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so, first, but, I mean, there's a lot to break down there. Uh, first of all, we got to talk about your uh, your Rolodex. Uh, some of the some of the folks, the the big big ballas that are in Ethan Moore's uh, Rolodex, apparently that are, that are hitting his phone up, that are you know donating. To, we got we run in different circles, homie. Obviously, uh, stop it. So, no, I just I've, I've known a couple of these these folks for a while, and you know. so. I know yeah. a guy that knows a guy. No, um, yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame was the last, the last gimme on the schedule. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to win. I, I took I took Louisville in the points. I thought we were going to win going away. Oof. It's fine. Whatever. Oof. How much have you lost on Louisville this year? I mean, damn, I'm not, I'm not a big time better. Um, I'm up more than I than I'm. I'm in the green. Well, that's good. Um, not by much. Um, you know, there's been a t- there's been some times where I said, you know, I took them against Georgia Tech, took them against Syracuse. Uh, I took Pitt, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I feel like it could be a backdoor cover. You know what I mean? But again, who cares? It doesn't matter because you lose by one tomorrow. It's your 20th loss of the season for the third time in school history. And that is the drum that I will continue to pound until he is gone because 20 – again, this is not a bad season. Mm-hmm. Last year was not a bad season. This is historically horrendous. Denny Crum had one 20-loss season in his 30-year career. The program before Kenny Payne had one 20-loss season in 108 years. Now in 110, we're going to have three – and 67% of them are fall on one coach. And that's why he's going to be gone. And that's why I don't like at all the fact that he's using two, two 18-year-old kids as pawns in this last-ditch effort to try to remain. I, I just yes. – I, I can't – I cannot – Get that out of my mind. He's holding them um, hostage is what he's doing. He's promising, oh, look at me. Now I'm finally going to get the recruits as if he didn't have three years to do that by now. Right. And Exactly. It doesn't matter. It, the recruits doesn't matter. My, if Kenny Payne got w- went back to 1992 and coached the Olympic Dream Team, they still wouldn't have won a medal. With Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, the that- greatest basketball players of all time, he would not have even won a freaking bronze medal. Get out of mm-hmm. here, KP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. He it it is evident that he has never had a plan. What did he say when he first got here? I want to build, you know. I want I want to, you know. I I don't want to use nil 
solely to get people here. I want them to play for me because they want to play at Louisville. Then we can figure this out. Well, this is now a flip-flop. If any of these kids commit, and there's been conflicting reports, some say they're going to commit this week, uh, or at least one of them will commit this week, regardless if they get the guarantee. We've also heard they need a guarantee that he's going to be back in order to commit. If they're committing, NIL is a major focus in this. Make no mistake about it. This is not some, you know, long-time recruiting pitch. This is because NIL money is being used uh, to at least, you know, to secure a verbal commitment. And, and what does that mean? Nothing. It, sure, it, it could generate some fake momentum, but still, too. You know, so as of right now, if you're looking at, at the 247 sports rivals, they have Carter Knox as, as either a fringe four, five or four-star top 20 prospect, 6'5", 205. And then, as KP does, he's also uh, reportedly interested in another 6'5 wing. Like, you know, you see you see the, the pattern continuing here. And that is his name is Jason Sanon, I believe. Uh, another six five small forward, fringe five star, high four star kid, number twelfth nationally in the twelve in the twenty twenty five class. He will be reclassifying um, to, to the twenty four class. So you would get two top twenty kids. That's that's fantastic. But to Zach's point reg- the the talent at his disposal. I mean, you have a good team here. I've made the argument for months on this show that with a competent coaching staff, this team could get to the tournament. Now, I don't know about advancing, but I feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like this team, if you, if you got a, a talented coaching staff in here, they could be a 10 or 11 seed. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Do you all agree or, agree or disagree? I don't that? think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all because this team is not, and, and we've said it so much this season, that this team is not devoid of talent. Talent is not, talent or lack thereof is not the biggest problem with this team. They have enough talent to be competitive and they have enough talent to win far more games than they've won this season. The problem is coaching. The problem is this this staff. The problem is Kenny. Uh, and and their inability to get the most out of these guys to put them, frankly, to put them in positions to be successful because nothing that they have done so far from a from a scheme standpoint has put these guys into a position for them to be successful and to maximize the talent that they do have. Um, all we've heard about is the talent that they don't have, but we've got to focus on the the fact that they can't maximize what they do have. Um, that's the issue. So yeah, if you put a if you put a competent a competent coach in here um yeah i'm right there with you i think this is like a a, a 9 10 seed 8 seed or a 11 seed maybe at worst uh, they're a bubble team there yeah. will be less yes, talent yes. there will be less talented teams in this Louisville team that make the ncaa tournament because they're well coached let's just call Absolutely. it for what it is and this this is the thing officially and this is the analogy i used the other day if you want to use last year and say you didn't have much talent and you're you know you're the cook, you're the chef, ultimately. If you don't have great ingredients, you're probably not going to have a great meal. Whatever. He's got good ingredients this year. Maybe not Michelin star ingredients, but he's got good ingredients. And if you yeah. still can't cook, that apparently that, that just shows me you're a bad chef. It's not the ingredients' fault anymore. Apparent now it's time for you to be able to get in the uh, in the, the into the kitchen and start cooking. Here we go and again. You can't do it. It's the pizza again. Yeah. Hold up, let him there cook. We're... Let him cook. Don't yeah. let him cook. Let him cook. There you go, yeah, and uh, and we have for two years, and um, the, the entrees 
uh, are not very good, no. to, to put it nicely. So Jason Sinan, Jason Sinan, he is, again, uh, the, the newest name that you've heard here, but it just speaks to the evidence that KP never had a plan. So remember after the loss of the team up the road, how he was talking about how he has to hammer the portal. Mm-hmm. He's got to get guys in it. Well, then if you're going to get a guy that's uh, in the 25 class to reclass, and, and again, and you're banking on a return, and an attempt to return by getting two younger kids in here, then you're still going back on, on what you just said. Now, of course, there could, uh, I guess, you could assume there would be roster available for, you know, talent, you know, talented grad transfers or from the portal. But I mean, what if a bunch of those guys don't want to leave? I mean, you got Scott Clark, Trey White here, right? Uh, you know, so that doesn't mean that you could go out and get somebody. And it, even if you just landed those two high school kids and everybody came back. Do you have the confidence that KP could turn this into a tournament team? No way. Nobody does because you haven't seen evidence that that he could do that with whatever. I mean, literally, you're three and thirteen, and you know, again, I think the ACC to a degree has been disrespected. Some I don't think they're world beaters as as a conference by any means, but I do think they're better than what people give them credit for. But to only have, we're dead last. So right now, uh, I just saw on the screen they had, uh, you know, if the tournament started today, Louisville squarely dead last in the ACC. They're, they're a 10 and a 15, so they would play Virginia Tech, and then um, if somehow they would advance, they'd play NC State. Well, then they get smacked against NC State. And then Virginia Tech would probably get them. But it's just that's where you are. It's like the best-case scenario. Do you guys think out of these four games, how many games do we win? I'm going to say one. They'll they'll win one. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'll I'll say they win one. I got to see who they have left. It's Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Boston College. They're not winning any of those. Okay. I just I still I'm just not impressed with Syracuse. I'm just not um, offensively. Yes, defensively. I think when Louisville plays teams that don't put an emphasis on defense, a la Syracuse, mm-hmm. Florida State, Louisville has a good chance. But, you know, Zach was saying something about, you know, how you could get less talented teams in the tournament if you have a good coach. Case in point with Notre Dame. Yes, the Irish are 10 and 17. But you could tell Coach Shrewsbury can coach. You knew instantly within the first four-minute segment what Notre Dame wanted to do. They wanted to trap the post. They wanted to get the ball out of BHH's hands quickly. And then their ability to rotate defensively, communicate, and make plays was fantastic. His out-of-bounds plays resulted in open threes. And, you know, Notre Dame was was putrid offensively, but they, they looked solid against Louisville. Yeah. But then on top of that, when you have a good defensive team, this team, this team, it's a wrap, and that's why I think you saw from BC in the second half. Um, Virginia Tech doesn't really, I don't, I don't think they're they're really they'll really scare you defensively either. I think those games could could give. I think Syracuse and Virginia Tech would be Louisville's best chance to get in a win. But again, who cares at this point? Doesn't matter, whatever. Right. But that's just that's just where I am. But my, I was very. Very impressed with Coach Shrewsbury at Notre Dame because I saw a plan and I saw it executed, and you knew what you knew what they wanted to do from the outset, and they did it. It was very impressive. What's that like to watch a coach, right? even 
even when they're not having a good season, even when they're not playing well, uh, they they haven't won very many games. It's, it's been rough for Notre Dame this season. But I said it going into that game last week when we talked on the show on Tuesday and you asked me you know, what I thought about that game. And I told you, the difference between Notre Dame and Louisville is that Notre Dame knows who they want to be and Louisville has no idea. Mm-hmm. And you saw that played out yep. on the court Wednesday night. Notre Dame didn't have more talent than Louisville. Notre Dame was a better coach team that had a system and knew what they wanted to do. Yep. They don't necessarily run the system particularly well. They don't have all of the talent that they need to do it, but they are committed to it. And when you're committed to it, you can win basketball games. When you're committed to what you want to do, then you can win games. And that's what Notre Dame came in and did. They have an identity. Yes. Louisville doesn't have an identity. No, they don't. Nobody can point to one thing and says Louisville does this well. We can point to a couple things Notre Dame does, and one of them is they're, they're going to defend the hell. They're going to defend you. you, and the other thing is their coach's son can actually play. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but so out here so straight. you would think you would think though. What well, was the two first game ever in, between two coaches that had their sons playing on the respective teams in the history of the ACC? Apparently, wow. They dug yeah, deep for so that graphic. Yeah, they did. But see, but but that's that's yet another indictment of you know we're here we are two years in and we still don't have an identity. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've never gotten specifics. But then you can see why you never got specifics because you saw the play on the you play on the court, and um, you know so you saw that on Wednesday, and then you saw the Rick Bozich article on Saturday, oh, Taylor. God. Okay, well, you already answered my question. Uh, uh, Your thoughts on that, or you know, or did you read it all the way? I mean, I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get through it because I we we know what to expect. And Drew made a really good point this morning. Like, if you it was either this morning or yesterday morning, if you're gonna come out with a piece like that, just don't try to hide your biases. Like if if you're gonna come out with a piece like that and 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 clearly say like look I'm biased I'm I'm a friend of Kenny blah 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 whatever that's cool but don't try to hide behind like capital J journalism and and come out with a piece like that. Yeah, it, it was just a, just some of the things too like and again listen I, I I respect him as a journalist I enjoy his writing he's a very talented writer as Absolutely. a kid I've I've grown up reading his stuff his uh, and uh, Eric's. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I, I I love the work that they do at, at WDRB, and and I think it goes with kind of another theme that I wanted to discuss with you all tonight about just we talk about on the show we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, you know forceful with our opinions. Mm-hmm. We are gonna back them up. We're not gonna back down from them, um, but we also do it in a respectful manner. And I think too, like I disagree completely with Rick Bozich's article, but at the same time, I, I acknowledge that he's a very talented journalist and he's a very talented writer. And let's be honest too. He got people talking, right? He did. He did. I he mean, did that. that was, that was all Louisville fans were talking about Saturday at evening and night. It was his article and, you know, 95% of people were fired up and furious. Um, and in that same vein, I want to give a shout out to the power 10 podcast, as well, I listen to their spaces and Taylor. We got to do that at some point. Like, 
I'm too, I don't really know. I think it's pretty simple how to work it. Yep. But, you know, I think that would be cool. Maybe we can do that um, during coaching search season. But I I, I listened Sunday night, and I really liked how – the the guys on there speaking and the ladies as well and they made it a point to say you know listen we have our opinions i'm not going to attack you for yours somebody made a great point it was like when you when you're scrolling on twitter x and you see something that you disagree with you don't have to like you don't right. have to respond you don't have to engage with it <laughs> and and i love the fact that you're saying that you know, again um there were there were several people in that space advocating for a year three for kp I'm going to disagree with that, but I can agree and get behind when people are like, listen, you're going to have your opinion. I'm going to have mine. Let's let's have a discussion. But that is in the same vein of when there's a coaching change, Cardination is going to have to be united because once we are united, you know, we're we're a very um, powerful force um, to be reckoned with at the Yum Center, filling that bad boy up. Cause you know, like I said, I know you're a believer in it too, Taylor. We will be back. Yep. We will be back. Um, and you know, shouts out to, uh, Car- uh CSZ. They had Cardinal sports zone. They had their podcast tonight as well. Um, and so again, you're going to have, you're going to have Louisville folks out there saying stuff that you disagree with, but at the end of the day, we're still Louisville fans. You know, at the end of the day, we want Louisville to win. And another podcast I enjoy is the Third Banner podcast. Yep. And I want to give the Third Banner Discord a shout-out, too, because they brought in another coaching name. They were discussing this young man um, very intently today, and that got me thinking about it. I had written him off, or I didn't really even consider him. Now I'm, I'm intrigued. And that this is one Will Wade. Okay. The big niece state. And so. Be a strong ass coach. <laughs> well, you, you said it before I did. Yeah, I got you. So he has had stops. It. He's had stops at Chattanooga, VCU, LSU, and now McNeese. He has the Cowboys 25 and 3 and 14 and 1 in the Southland Conference. He has won, I believe, every single conference that he's coached in. So projected the Southern to be Conference. That's right. field as yep. an AQ. Even According if they to Lenardi. Yeah, but even if they don't win their conference, they still have a chance to get in. Are we talking about, you know, a group of Cowboys that might actually be able to win in the postseason? <laughs> uh, oof. Zing. Steve, hope you're Where's Rummage? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Ramage? Um, so Southern Conference, he won it with Chattanooga, the A ten, he won it with VCU, and then the SEC, he won it in uh 2018 19. So, you know, that's that that shows you that that he can coach. Now, I don't know if he's the sexiest name out there, but that he was certainly somebody that can recruit. And listen, with NIL, you can do the stuff he was doing at LSU. <laughs> I was going to say he'll be all in on NIL. We won't have to worry yeah. about his lack of commitment to NIL. Oh yes, and he's already so, used to throwing an L up. He'll just have to add another finger to it. Right, but, right. Uh, so, you know, so what do you think? So overall, his record is two twenty-one and ninety-nine. It's a it's a, a sixty-nine-one winning percentage, nice. almost seventy, almost seventy percent there in his stops. He has made five NCAA tournaments. Now he only has one Sweet Sixteen out of them, but he's made it to the NCAA tournament. Like you guys are just saying now with McNeese, he's going to he's more than likely will make a sixth NCAA tournament appearance. But man. You know, VCU, Chattanooga, LSU, McNeese, 
that ain't Louisville. That's not going to be the infrastructure he has. That's not going to be the resources at his disposal. That's not going to be the conference affiliation, etc. I think Will Wade and Louisville could be a force to be reckoned with um, if the administration chooses to go down that path. Uh, your thoughts, gentlemen, on WW? My only objection to Will Wade is there will be people, myself included, if we hired Will Wade, in the back of my mind, I'd be going, oh, I should have just kept Rick Pitino. Like, if you're... Sure. Like, that's yeah. the whole reason that we fired Rick Pitino was for the exact same thing that Will Wade was wrapped up in. And mm-hmm. then you go, well, what's... You know, then you're going to go hire Will Wade to be the head coach here. I mean... That, that that would be my only thing. Do I think that he would win? Most likely. I mean, he's not shown us that he wouldn't. I mean, he's won everywhere that he's been. Um, the the tournament success is something that, you know, he doesn't have a lot of it. Uh, and I don't think he's going to go very far this year with McNeese State in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're currently projected to be in the East region. And, uh, you know, UConn's the number one seed out there. So, yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily expect the Cowboys to make a deep run in the postseason, but I mean, he does win, and that is uh, yeah. that's 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 something to be. That's said. what but we again, want to do around what here. What we want to do around here. But <laughs> again, but again, you know, I just I go back to you know if you're gonna if you're gonna hire Will Wade, you, you should have just kept Rick Pitino. I think Will Wade would work here. I think, as you said, he's won everywhere he's been. My drawback would be, you know. LSU, you can accumulate some good talent there, and he's only been to one Sweet 16, so that would be a concern. Mm, yeah. But at the same time, if you're a Louisville fan and you were all aboard Chris Beard and you weren't that concerned about his background, don't try and tell <laughs> me that you're worried about Will Wade's yeah. background because yeah. all he's doing is trying to make money with NIL. And Oh, that was illegal back then. Well, guess what? It's legal now, so he's going to be perfectly fine. So you can't exactly. play the background check card on Will Wade if you were not willing to play that background check card with yeah, Chris Beard. exactly. Exactly. And so again, point, again, yeah. I, I just he's an intriguing prospect. I'm not saying that you know he's he's not going to be my number one by 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 any stretch. Well, However, they're falling off like flies right now, Ethan. Yeah. So the must bus seems to be parked at um, you know in Fayetteville. Fayetteville for for the foreseeable future. As it stands right now, we'll see what happens. I think you know the the report was he and the NIL backers down there at Arkansas didn't see eye to eye and that's why you heard the kind of the buzz between he and louisville again he still has a very reasonable buyout of under a million dollars and he wins outside of this season mick cronin is another name of course that we have heard um if you were on twitter x you have you have been inundated with mick is the pick (laughs) uh hashtag uh more often than not uh, but he has not had a very good season this year as well after ha- putting together a very solid three-year run. Uh, but then, too, you have you still have uh, Chris Beard potentially out there. Nate Oates was the talk of the city last week. Uh, you know, the, the blowout against the team of the road notwithstanding. You know, I, I think ideally, you know, somebody like that, I do think that Josh Hurd is going to go after a major splash hire. I don't think Will Wade would fit that as a splash hire. I think it would be a fantastic hire. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of a of a splash hire, a splash hire is a Shaka Smart. 
Mm. You know, is is a NATO. You don't think? Okay. Mm. No. What if Marquette goes on a deep run this year? Is that I, I, no? I just I need okay. su- I need okay. sustained. I need sustained. It would be his first deep tournament run since VCU uh, when I was in high fair school. Fair point. So fair point. Then yeah. it's that's, and fair. that's been that's been a while. Um, your your boy's been out of there for for with a while. Texas talent. Texas has been with Texas money. Yeah, with Texas money too. That's a concern. But he's got Shark, Marquette looking pretty good this year. We'll see if they make a run. I think Shaka would be a decent candidate. I would not have him in the top five. All right, so so Zach, give me your give me your top three right now. Taylor, give me your top three as it stands right now. All right, go ahead, Zachy. Uh, boy, top three. Nate Oates is still up there. Scott mm-hmm. Drew, pie in the sky candidate, but got to have him out there. Sure. And then, uh, oh boy, I was gonna have Muss, but it doesn't seem likely that it's gonna happen. Not Cronin. Boy. Now we're getting the slim pickings. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not beard. Did you already say beard? No, I'll have beard number three. I'll have beard. I'm over going. Us. I'm going. It. That's my or. I don't have an order, but that would be my first three. Um, and again, I, like I said last week, I'm not totally out on Cronin. I think he's a really good coach. Again, he wouldn't be in my top three, but we definitely um, could do really good things uh, with him at the helm. And again, this is going. There's going. It's going to be a major upgrade with whoever's going to be the next coach from an organizational perspective, from having a game plan and executing it on and off the court, a messaging standpoint, anything um, is going to be better um, regardless of who this next coach is going to be. Yeah. I think uh, for me, it would be Oates or well, it would be Scott Drew, Nate Oates. um, And then a distant third would be like Jerome Tang. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Tang was up on my list earlier. Um, if I did like a power ranking, he he is, he is you know down um, a couple notches um, after after this season. Of course, they came back. They blew that lead against the bum West Virginia team. But as Jerome Tang does in overtime, all he does is win, moves to 12 and 0 in overtime. Um, at Kansas State. So that's fan, or as a coach, that's fantastic. Obviously. Um, so, you know, yeah, so we'll, that is kind of where I am with that. Um, 8150-939 is the number of the UPS jobs text line, of course, is 3831-939. Let's open up the phone lines. Loyal Lawrence will lead things off tonight. What's going on, boss? What up, Ethan? What up, Taylor? What um, it is. Ethan, I'm at yes, a sir. point where I don't, care, I don't care who the head coach is. Don't get in a bird back in touch. Right. Do, do not go and referendum and get and get handed to you like like um Nate Oates did. So that after that happened, I said, no, nah, I can't deal with that. Oh yeah, you're uh, good offensive coach, but your defense, no, 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 I can't deal with that, bro. I'm good. I'm good <laughs> over here. So <laughs> one game, Lawrence will will not want you um will not have you stumping for Oates. Even, it was I know. I feel you. I feel you. And. And also, for Taylor staying up late, it's nine o'clock. That's too late for him. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to have his warm milk with the you know with his bathrobe on and stuff. You know, his slippers and all that. Yeah, he's getting ready for getting ready for bed. And I had a whole lot of people comment on 
any pain here free with me. I'm just shaking my head. And I don't know what's going to happen at this point, Ethan. Like, he, like you said, he's holding no protoxicis. Like, he's trying to do what um, Satterfield did his, his, almost his last year hurt, where he, yeah. he got that great recruiting class coming in. Everybody thought, oh, he's going to get another year. But thank God the Cincinnati is taking him away because if they don't take him away, he probably still the head coach today. Right. So, to, to, to me, my final story is um, – Chris Bird, um, Scott Drew, and I, I guess it's Colton Mitney State. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, it's starting to get slim pickings right now because we've been watching these games. Things about these, these guys going to be coming here to be the next head coach, but they're not looking too good right now down the stretch. Yeah. See, I still think it's important, though, to remember that, man, this is a top 10 job. It, you know, this is a top six or seven program still with all of the warts, man. If Louisville wanted Eric Musselman, they, they'll get him. Again, I don't know how high they are in the list, but I have no doubt that, like, you know, Josh Hurd goes in there with a proposal and that, you know, and Louisville has their target on this coach – that they can seal the deal. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think as fans, obviously, we, we you know, always we're, we're conditioned, especially here recently with Louisville basketball, to always assume the negative. But man, if Louisville has their target and sets their sights on them, I mean, what? There's only a handful of jobs that you could say is better than the one in Louisville. Yeah, but real quick, I want to give a shout out to Marcus Mason. The new, the new aggressive man in the country with his son getting the $8 million deal from the Detroit Lions. That's right. He's in the bag. I'm pretty sure he's going to drive. Uh, he's going to show up at a Lamborghini real soon and probably on bike out to, to his own mansion for a watch party. His little bad part this year. And also, Ethan, like I said, you got to get Gilbert Salinas and that ran up on the show this year. If they dart to come to play for um, Jeff Walls this year, they're going to be at a lot of games. I expect to see y'all at a lot of games this year, too. Because that little women's team next year is going to be loaded with talent. I know everybody's getting on the baseball team right now, but give it time, y'all. The season just started. They still got to work some buzz out. They're going to be okay. Yeah, four in a row they beat. They blasted Eastern. Thanks for the phone call, Lawrence, as always, man. We always appreciate it. Yeah, Cardinal 9 has won now four in a row after that rough start. Uh, they beat Eastern Kentucky today 12-3. to uh, JT Benson, South Oldham alum, hit a 464-foot bomb. It's still traveling. That, it hasn't landed yet. Gosh, that was a rocket. Um, so I'm glad to see the Cardinal 9 um, you know, kind of start to settle in a little bit. There, um, they're going to be they're going to be plenty tested here in the non-conference before they get into ACC play. I mean, certainly um, the expectation is to you know to make a regional and compete for a super regional. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. That is the standard that Coach McDonald has set with the program. So hopefully, um, Louisville baseball will do just that. I'm glad. We uh, Taylor, any 
That's nice. Yeah, there you go, bro. Uh, any any text worth yes. um, reading? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There always is. We have we have a great. I love our uh, our listeners out there on the text. I mean, they always have some hot takes. <laughs> You'll appreciate this one. Texter says, "I have no idea how much money I've lost on Louisville this year. It started hurting too much to keep track anymore." Oof. Mm. I know, right? Like you get so mad, and then like you know what? I'm gonna bet on them to. I'm gonna bet on them to get blown out, and then they cover. And <laughs> you're like, you know, no. I mean, that's great that they won. That's but I bet, awesome, you know. but I lost money. Texter uh, yeah. says message board saying that KP is willing to get rid of his staff uh, in order for a year three. If that's true, that's a total scumbag move. Yeah, and I think though, like, so my question would be, well, what changed? If they were the best staff in America, right? You're telling me less than a year, they're all they're all gone. I mean, come on. And that's the thing, too. And, Taylor, I, I've mentioned this on the show, you know, so many times. I think we're going to do the um, – we're going we're gonna to tag team the ACC tournament show, the yep. postgame show. But, like, I, I had the Boston College game. I remember – I don't know, if Zach, if you were producing that one. But my, I felt my face so red. Was so, I was so angry at his answers. When he was asked about, are you going to make any staff changes? And he was so incredulous. It was like, why Why would I do that? I don't understand the question. Then they oh, I thought your head about, was going to blow up like in yeah. one of the cartoons when somebody's face gets red. It, it, it would have. It should have, actually. That was uh, just, Yeah, I mean, I, oh, gosh. And then, and then, you know, have you talked to Josh Hurd? Or are you going to plan on talking to Josh Hurd about your job? Why would I do why that? Why would I do that? Yeah. He loves me. I love him. I'm like, what? You, you can't fire your yeah, entire the worst, staff after year one, guys. You know? It's year one. You can't fire your whole staff. But once again, I mean, the the realization that that, that is on the table for his desperate attempt to stay is just like he doesn't have a plan. And and who? Let's just let's just you know for just argument's sake, let's just say he comes back and he gets rid of the staff. Who of any talent is going to come in here when he would be on the chopping block again? Who? Yeah. You're not going to get any assistant coach that's very talented when you're getting ready to get axed. Like, I, it's so he's 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 put himself in such a bad situation. I did like C.L. Brown's article today in The Courier. I was talking about, you know, he was, he was hired because of his recruiting abilities, but now he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with his recruiting abilities because you have um, – apparently two top 20 kids that want to commit but then they're as it stands right now they're only going to commit if he's the coach it's just like and then you hear these the the murmurings about nil now being used well he wasn't you know he was against it then he wanted to build the team and through younger players and then develop them then he has to go to the transfer portal and then now the story comes out he has two five-star kids that want to come here so you're like what what are you doing? What is the plan? And the answer is, there is no plan. And that's been just so evident in the last two years that there there is no plan. There's no plan on the court. There's no plan in recruiting. Um, there's no plan in the transfer portal. Like there's there's no plan at all. Uh, and we've we've been through too much of that. We've he's he's had every opportunity yes. that you could ask for to to fix this and to right the ship. And he hasn't done it. And unfortunately, you know, this isn't St. Bonaventure. This isn't, um, you know, insert 
Mac school here. No offense, Zach, you see. Um, but you don't get three years, four years, five years. I mean, hell, this isn't even no. Vanderbilt. And and they they let the, they're they're letting their coach just kind of flounder down there at Vanderbilt and have terrible seasons in the mighty SEC where it just means more. Um but that that this is not it. You don't get no. three years, four years to to build this thing at Louisville. It just doesn't I'm sorry, it doesn't happen. Not not when now. you also Exactly. And then, yeah, when coming off last offseason where you didn't promote the program, you didn't make the necessary changes, and then you didn't, like, Taylor, how many times did we say, and then other people said too, it's not like we're the only ones, we're like, you have got to hammer the portal. You have got to get instant impact dudes at multiple positions. Yep. And, yeah, you got, you got Scott Clark and Trey White. Those are good players. Those are really good players. But you needed shooters to complement the talented freshmen that you brought in. And you didn't get them. And there's a reason why this team shoots just above 30% from three on the season, and they can't, they're can't. they not they're not very good shooters. Well, you didn't get them in the portal. So that's, that's been the issue. There's been no sense of urgency. There never has been. And that's what the fans wanted to see. Like, we wanted to see a sense of urgency or build this thing up. And we talked about it at nauseam. There's so many red flags that were out there from the 10 days to two weeks after he got the job still up in New York to <laughs> taking, his, taking his time to hire his staff to not hiring a strength and conditioning coach until July and then losing to Leanne Rimes and smiling about it. It's just There's just so many things not having a, a guard and saying all these other players were guards when they're not. It's just I'm so ready to move on. I think your all's analogy of just like the squeer ending and all that stuff, like it just it just just seems longer and longer. And you're exactly right, man. It's just it's it's the season's just kind of slowly inching along. Um, it feels like the, you know these final four games are going to take forever. But again, I, I think for me, anyways, tomorrow night when they lose and that hits, you know the the 20th loss in the column in back-to-back years. I mean, there is, you know, and we've known this for a while now, like there is no coming back from No, it. you can't and come you back you shouldn't be allowed. And you shouldn't be allowed to come back for back-to-back 20 loss seasons. You, it's just, there's just, it's it's inexcusable. Uh, Texter says, we can't hire a known cheater, referencing Will Wade. Um, this Texter says. But when is, it's not cheating anymore. No. Uh, this texture says morals are out the window. We need winners. UK would hire him even if uh, they give us crap for it here. I don't. Yeah. Well, what do <laughs> you mean, Will Wade? I mean, I don't think I don't think Will Wade would be. I I think. It. Yes, I think they would maybe be interested, but I don't think we need to just suspend morals when we're hiring a basketball coach. Uh, that's that's just Good. my opinion. Yeah. Well. And and you're entitled to it. Uh, this texter will give you credit. This texter has been hammering us about uh, Will Wade since the beginning of the show. Um, texter says they've been excited or they've been on Will Wade for months. Very excited. Mentions that he's only 41 years old. Um, mentions that um, texter says Nate Oates has only been to a Sweet 16 and is a, a lot more money. Will Wade is also younger. Make it make sense. Um, I will go back to the texture on that. Uh, Nate Oates has been to two 
uh, Sweet 16s and has been in the NCAA tournament NCAA tournament more than Will Wade. But your point is is valid. He's they, been to two Sweet 16s and it's Alabama. It's yeah. a football school. I mean, he's never yeah. really had the best players either, and he's never been in a situation where basketball is the number one thing. But you so could he'll say be the same thing about well. yeah. But you could say the same thing about Will Wade being at LSU, being in a football school, and and having some success at LSU. But that's true. I think Nate Oates has had more success, but I get where the texture's going. There. He did it at Buffalo too. I think that's the other thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I, I think it's a secondary option. <clears throat> Certainly, Will Wade is intriguing. Yeah. Now, I, he's not going to be in my top three. He's probably not even in my top five. But he could be somebody that's off the radar. Mm-hmm. That could listen. He's a very talented coach because he's done it in multiple schools. You know, in smaller, the smaller variety and the power four level, he's done that as well too. But you know, one of my main ingredients, if you will for the next coach is like, I want to see sustained tournament success. And, you know, you pointed that out with, well, Wade, he doesn't have it. Now he's made NCAA tournaments, but again, that's not what we're expecting at Louisville. That's like, that's the, that's the minimum. Let's get to the second weekend. Let's compete for final fours. That is where we want to go. Now that's not to say he can't do that here. You know what I mean? But because, you know, I think you're going to look at what he's done and, and what I do when you're looking at coaches, like with Musselman, now at Arkansas, I looked at what he did at Nevada. It was impressive. But then I also wanted to see, you know, what is he doing at at, at Arkansas as opposed to Nevada? Because that is more along the lines of the competition he's going to be facing in the ACC. Right. And again, it's not apples. It's not certainly apples um, to apples comparison. It's not. But doesn't mean he's not going to be successful or he wouldn't win a lot of games here. But again, still kind of like how does there's a lot of coaches that do well you know, in the mid-major ranks, and then they get to the power conferences, and they're and they're not very good. So well, I think that for me, exactly. So here's what he did at LSU. 18 and 15 in his first year, 25 and 5, 21 and 10, 19 and 10, 22 and 11. Yeah, there's a lot of double-digit lost seasons in there, even with the NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, this is just like we're not going to have – a patino lurking around like we're just not so uh, if you have some tournament success you're going to have double digit lost seasons uh you know i get it i'd rather not but at this point you know if we can you know play entertaining basketball get to the tournament um that that would be a great start um you know for for louisville basketball to get back to its rightful place among the nation's elite 3831-9390 is UPS Jobs text line. 8150-939 is the phone number. If you want to get at us, Ty Spaulding, our friend from cardinalsports.com, will join us at 915. Um, he'll give us an update on what he's hearing um, with uh, the the coaching search or the coaching uh, rumors, innuendo, whatever you want to say. Um, and then now, look, how many times have you seen this Louisville-Duke commercial? For basketball this week, I've seen it. I've seen it several times. This is the yeah. first time that I've seen like Louisville basketball ads. <laughs> I don't know not, about you guys, but like ad. you don't. Well, it's we just, just happened they to had, be there. They, well, I had I saw Trey. They had a Trey White dunk and yeah. uh, Sky they found Clark. the one Trey White dunk. I don't know the stat <laughs> off the top of my head, but I don't know if you guys saw it this week. Kelly Dickey tweeted it out. Hmm. Um, this I think Louisville's been on like ESPN just twice, Oof. and again it's one of those. This is the least amount of time since. Yeah, of course, of course. 
Texter says, if Kenny Payne gets another year, that's the University of Louisville saying that we're broke and we cannot afford to get rid of him. And another year of the Yum Center going empty during basketball season, how can you sell that to boosters? You can't. You can't. And that's why I don't think it's going to happen. Texter says, I got a question. All right, Texter. Uh, if all of a sudden recruits love KP, why weren't or why aren't they already committed and been committed for a while? Hmm. There is a very hmm. good question, and I'm going to tell you hmm. because you're dropping nil bags. Yep. That is why. If somebody commits, and think about it, uh, Jason, um, his last name escapes Sonan, I believe. Jason Sonan. I don't think that he has been on a visit here. So if you're going to commit without visiting here, mm-hmm. and then and then with the coach on the hot seat, like that that had that tells you that it's all about nil, and a verbal commitment doesn't mean anything. It doesn't you know it doesn't no. mean that they're coming anyways. They could just say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'll, I'll be here. Same thing with Carter Knox. Okay. Um, you know, why hasn't he committed? Well, then we've heard, too, that his parents, and I understand, his family wanted a commitment that, that KP would be the coach, and uh, so far they haven't gotten it. Gee, um, I but again, why. Too, exactly. But that's another thing, too. Like, he is with, he is an Adidas athlete, so that would certainly help. Um, but those are two young men that I would love to have in the fold with another coach. Those, those would be great pieces to work with. Um, but still, too. And even if, you know, even if if KP got him and it was the coach here, like we said in the open of the show, like who has the confidence that those guys will be able to produce at a high level for this coaching staff? Like you don't have any evidence to say that they will because of what we've seen so far. Sure, they'd have good games, but they can't. This, this coaching staff can't coach defense. They can't teach defense. Josh Jameson could probably teach them how to hold a clipboard. But well, yes, that's about that a doubt. That's probably the extent of that. Um, this texture brings up a name that I've mentioned on the show before. It says, uh, what about someone like Sean Miller or Dusty May? Dusty's gotten some buzz connecting him here. I think Sean Miller is just a really good coach that knows how to run a program of this size. I've mentioned Sean Miller on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, Dusty May, it seems like, for, for anybody that doesn't know, Dusty May is a alum of IU and if they do in fact part ways with Mike Woodson at the end of this year that would be their number one target so he's been connected to the Ohio State job um, which would kind of surprise me if he took a job in the Big Ten that wasn't Indiana Um, right but I I, kind of think that's where Dusty May is right now I think Dusty May is waiting for the IU job yeah I can see that um, and, and that's why I haven't mentioned him. I mean, again, he's a, a fantastic coach. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, but the, again, but like every candidate out there, man, he's got his words too. This year, they're good. Last year, they were phenomenal. But before that, they weren't very good. Yeah. You know, it, it, is he, is he striking while the iron is hot with it, with a, with a loaded roster that returned? He still gets credit for the fantastic seasons he's having. But that, those are just those two seasons. What about you know what Sean I mean? Miller so it's for like, you? Uh, it's a non-starter. I mean, again, I, I think he's a good coach. Um, 
we could do a lot worse. It's tournament Does success it fire- with him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think he's had a lot of tournament success, um, relatively speaking, at Arizona. I know there's been some years where he's flamed out. That's what I was concerned about is the flaming out as a one seed or a two seed at Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like uh, the team up the road, uh, Mississippi State, Don't is finding it. a way to lose. No, yeah. come on. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're up five now. Come on, dogs. Uh, Texas says, do you Small think... Small bite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Josh uh, will? Do you think Josh will fire him because he hasn't yet? Yes. Yes. There will either be a a well. I, I'll, I'll take it like this. I think something has changed to a degree. I thought all of the vibe that I was getting, and again, I'm not I'm not plugged in at all. I you know I I can speak to some people that that know some people and get some stuff occasionally the vibe that I was getting from multiple people was that there would be a mutual parting of ways, but then there's the Bozich article. And that seems and appears to me that he doesn't want to leave, right? I mean, you can infer from that article that he is doing everything that he can to stay. Well, then that would mean that he's going to be fired instead of, a mutual parting of ways. So th- I think that changed to a degree. But, you know, yes, that, to answer the tester's question, yes, I think, he, I think he'll be fired. Um, I, I thought there was going to be a mutual parting of ways. And maybe that's how it's still worded. You know what I mean? Maybe he's stepping down. I don't know. But I think shortly after the ACC tournament loss, whenever that is, that'll be his last game, and we're going to be uh, in the throes of coach search season. Uh, Texter says no to Wade. I don't care if it's legal now. It wasn't legal when he broke the rule, and we don't need to take that risk at Louisville. Um, what's the risk a rule breaker? No, I'll pass. I mean, that's a valid concern. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, if if you were doing that and, you know, was certainly fairly brash about it um, when it was illegal, that's certainly, that is a le- legitimate concern. Uh, let's see. Texter says, I think uh, the only slam dunk realistic hire is Drew at Baylor. Uh, yep. He's won a national championship, been to Final Fours. I think he would be the only guy that would make everyone say yes. I don't disagree with that. I agree. Uh, I think I think Nate Oates would be uh, would be in the neighborhood, maybe not unanimous, but I think I think he's in that same neighborhood. Uh, what say you about that? Uh, what was that? About being unanimous with the yeah. fan base, I think Drew. Drew, absolutely. I think Oates. I think Oates and Drew. Yeah, I think those are the two. And then two. I mean, and I think Ty can expand on this later on. I mean, he he's mentioned this before. I, you know, I think we de- we get caught up when we start hearing names, you know, with reported interest or whatever. You know, he said something that, that I think is important for us to remember in this time too. A lot of the times, it's going to be candidates that you don't know behind the scenes. They're not angling for the job because they want the job, and they're serious about it, and they want to keep it quiet. So I think a lot of the time, there could be a, you know some candidates out there that we're not really talking about that want this job. And Absolutely. That was, and that was mentioned, um, I believe, in this ESPN uh, report last week that this will be the top job available and there's there should be some big names 
um, that are going to be interested in it. There, there, there absolutely is. And as Louisville fans, we, as Louisville fans, we always are like, well, I don't know if we can get this guy. Man, we're Louisville. You can pull a dude from Arkansas, exactly, if we really wanted him. We can pull a dude from Alabama if we really wanted him. Now it's going to cost, and that's not something that you know the, the athletic department has a lot of right now. But you know what? You can have a lot of it if you get the right guy and they start winning. Absolutely. So, something to keep in mind. It is time for our mid-show break, so we're going to take it. And when we come back at about 9.15, our friend Ty Spaulding from cardinalsports.com will join us. We'll get his take on all rumblings Louisville basketball coach related and more. Keep it locked. You're listening to Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. That's what's up. Craig Mack, flavor in your ear. Let him know. Mississippi State with a tying three. Six seconds to go. 89-89. Go down. Defensive struggle. Oh, gosh, of course. Of course. Of course. (sighs) That's just. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Ugh. Let's go. Maybe Anais can help us out, man. He waited through the break. Anais, what's going on, man? Thanks for kicking off our number two. Oh, Zachy C got up and ran away from the board. Re- oh, well. Producing so yeah, well, fail. That's all right. Bring well, Anais, we'll on. get. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him Look on here in that. a little bit. Gosh, Spencer would never do that. Man, I tell you what. Uh, and of course, too, you're like, uh, get excited, then you see that. Mm. Well. Oh, well. Oh, well. And my wife just came down the stairs. <laughs> I hear Amber. My wife just came down the stairs. Did you just see that? Did yes, you I see did. that? Yes, we all saw that. Yes. We all saw it. 8150-939 is the number. Anias is up next on Louisville Sports Live. What's going on, man? Thanks for holding. No problem. Um. Well, the first thing, I know we got Todd Spalding coming in a few minutes, so I'm going to kind of just blaze through this if I can. Um. With Kenny Payne, I wasn't really a big fan when he first got hired because he never had coaching experience. I was, for some reason, always on the Mick Cronin train. You know, I never, I was really against firing Rick Pitino to begin with. I would have just bit the bullet and held on to him. You don't find coaches like that to grow on trees. But mm-hmm. um, I was really under the Mick Cronin bandwagon before Kenny Payne. I was like, it's just a, we're too big of a program, too big of an identity to just to go. I, mean, I know Kenny Payne's a loved one. He's from Louisville, I mean, not from Louisville, but he's played at Louisville. You know what I'm saying? So I understood like the, the memo, but I just I just couldn't get behind it. And then when he got the job, I saw the first season didn't go well. I mean, I know we say that he can develop talent. And, of course, Brantley Huntley Hatfield has looked better this season. Yeah, there's been a lot of players that looked better this season than they did last, and half of them aren't mm-hmm. really even here. But he, he has. Brantley Huntley Hatfield has looked better. But as far as, like, the whole team entirely, I just can't get behind it. I, I feel like they play no defense. Their offense is good. I'm not really a, a isolation free ball type of – I, yeah, I guess you could say, and I really don't. I mean, I, I feel like in transition, that's cool. But as far as half-court sets, 
I mean, it looks like, honestly, fifth grade ball. Like, you just pass the ball to somebody, they're dribbling, and in the next five seconds, they just pass somebody else, and they shoot it, or they're trying to go to, to, to get a layup. I just really didn't – I don't really like that style. So, like, you know, offensively, yes, we do need to get a coach that is good offensively, but I also feel like we need a coach that um, can present defense, too. And I have a name for you now. This is going to be really risky for you guys. I, you, probably, you guys are probably going to disagree with me. You probably have never heard of this name. Well, you have. But he's been on, kind of under the – the way the haywire, I guess you could say. So, I know Butler hasn't been doing really good this year. I know they haven't. They haven't been doing really good. And Thad Mata, I know he had he's had some health issues, but he's coached at Ohio State. And if you want to look at NBA talent, what he did with D'Angelo Russell, Jared Sullinger, Evan Turner, I can go on and on. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he's proven that he can develop NBA guys into the elite level, but also he can win college games. And I know you say that Butler and you know what I'm saying? He was at Ohio State. Well, that's the same thing with Eric Musselman. I mean, he was at Nevada, and I mean, I understand he started there and then went to Arkansas, but he started at Nevada. You know what I'm saying? He was good, and then he went to Arkansas, and, you know, he's had a down year this year, but overall, he, I would say he's been good. Same thing with Will Wade. He was good at LSU. He went down to McNeese State, and he's still good. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he will he will eventually be a Power 5 coach within the next two years. I do believe that. Now, I know that Mott is very little older, but I feel like that he brings the experience you need and, I mean, I'm not saying Ohio State is the job that Louisville is because it's not at all, but I do feel like he would do well with it, well here. I mean, I feel like it's not far from Ohio State, so he can recruit in this area. Um, I feel like he can develop talent. I mean, I've, I mean, I watch NBA, too. I mean, I know a lot of guys that went to Ohio State and, you know, went to, to the NBA. So I feel like he could do that. And I feel like, I mean, he's a big enough name. I mean, if you ask any person that has a – College basketball mind that knows coaches, they don't know who Thad Mott is. I mean, I feel like he's one of them, the more overall decorated coaches, you know, in college basketball. Not only that, if you check out his, his tournament resume, I mean, it's pretty damn good, too. So that's all I got for you guys, and y'all have a great night. Thanks for the phone call, man. I see, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, Thad Mata was brought up to us, Taylor, I feel like a couple of weeks ago as well. Yep. 24-10 yep. in the NCAA tournament. That's, that's certainly – um, will raise your eyebrows in a positive manner. Uh, my concern, though, is he had a great run at Ohio State. He was 337 and 123. That's a .733 winning percentage. That's fantastic. Numerous NCAA tournament appearances. He had um, had the Buckeyes, uh, the NCAA runner-up in the tournament in 07, another Final Four in uh, 12. Uh, obviously, that same one Louisville was in. In New Orleans in 2012-2013, Ohio State went to the Elite Eight. Uh, but then there was a hiatus with, the, I think he had uh, uh, severe back trouble that kept him out. So from 2016-17, uh, I want to say, was he maybe like he was at a Ohio special State assistant? From 2004 to 2017, and then he was out of it, out of the game, uh and then in 2021, he was a associate AD in Indiana. Uh, was there for a year from 21 to 22, and then took the Butler job in 22. Yeah, my only concern with Thad Monte here is recently his two seasons of Butler. He went 14 and 18, and now he's 16 and 12. I mean, that would not. His health is also that... a big factor, and that's what ended up costing him at Ohio State. Is he just really couldn't recruit the last couple of years because his legs and his back just wouldn't allow him to do it mm-hmm. he's a hell of a yeah. coach i can attest Absolutely. to that but if he, he just has to stay healthy and 
I, but that's a problem. I don't think this is the job for him. I think Butler's the perfect spot for that. I, right I agree. At Butler, the I first agree. time around, he was twenty-four and eight uh, in his one season there. They went to the round of thirty-two. Then he went to Xavier, uh, which at the time was a an upward move because Butler was in the Midwestern Collegiate Conference. Um, so then, huh? he, yeah. Yeah, so he went, he went to Xavier uh, to coach in the A-10. His first year there, they were 26-6, and six, went to the round of 32. The next year, they were 26-6, and six, went to the round of 32. The year after that, they were 26-11, and 11, went to the Elite Eight. Then he took the Ohio State job, and at Ohio State, he was uh, no tournament in his first year, round of 32, uh, NCAA Division I runner-up. Odin and Conley, yep. In 06-07, they were 35-4 and four that year. Uh, then he was an NIT champ the next year. Uh, round of 64, round of, uh, Sweet 16, Sweet 16, Final Four, Elite Eight, Round of 64, Round of 32, NIT second round, and then they did not make the tournament his last year at Ohio State. They were 17 and 15. Not that I didn't know any of the, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was yeah, my so, formative years of basketball yeah, watching, man. Absolutely. I love that, Bob. I love those teams, yeah. man. Yeah. He's certainly certainly a great coach. Uh, and we appreciate it nice for uh, dropping some knowledge on there and bringing his name up again. And that leads us to our next guest, Ty Spaulding, publisher of CardinalSports.com. Uh, you want to know the latest on any of the, of the buzz, what's happening with, with Louisville basketball, the coaching, uh, the impending coaching search, uh, check out CardinalSports.com. Ty's been all over it. Uh, Mr. Spaulding, how are we doing, sir? We are doing well, doing well. How are you all? Man, I tell you what, we're we're just talking. I mean, we're we're talking Louisville basketball, but like we've been doing the last couple of years, uh, we're not talking about the the team necessarily or the game. We're talking about uh, who needs to be the next coach. So I asked Taylor this time. I'm going to ask you first, and then we can kind of get into what you're hearing and what you expect to to play over the next few weeks. Did the Notre Dame game for you? I know it didn't change anything per se for you, but like, what was your take? Did you have any new takeaways after watching that embarrassing loss last Wednesday? So, you know, I had heard just from people in the industry that Micah Shrewsbury was a stud coach, um, that he's, he's as good as it gets when it comes to coaching. I had heard that before the game, and I think for me it just reassured me that, you know, the difference between a coach with an identity and a plan and the coach with no identity and a plan was was put on full display there. I mean, Micah Shrewsbury, oh, yeah. he's going to hang his hat on defense. He's going to um, he's going to establish a, a defensive identity right away. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, you could look at this first year from Micah Shrewsbury and say, this is something we can work with. You know, we, we play defense at an elite level. Maybe we don't have the talent to, to score enough points, but, but we can get that. And so, to me, it was, a, it was a, just a more another data point that, you know, the coach we have here and the coach at Notre Dame, they just approach, they approach the job a lot differently. Like, Micah Shrewsbury was approached it as we're going to use year one to to build the you know build the culture build the plan build the identity and then we're going to use year two to uh, take this to another level with better talent 
And so if you're a fan of Notre Dame, you could watch that team this year and look at the defense and say, okay, I know what this coach is trying to do. I can get behind this. If you're a Louisville fan, there's not really anything you could get behind the last two years other than maybe, you know, getting fouled on offense that you could be like, this is something we could build on. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was an eye opener in this, in the sense that there's a, a first year coach in your conference that is, that is establishing what he wants to do right away. And it is possible to do that. It really is. Ty Spaulding with us from cardinalsports.com. Uh, we're talking Louisville basketball and the impending coaching search. If that For me, Ty, too, that's what I was mentioning earlier in the program. Is like I saw within the first four-minute segment like Notre Dame's plan, what they wanted to do, and not only did they have a plan, they were executing it. And you saw it was it was it was uh, night and day difference from what Coach Shrewsbury and Coach Payne uh, were doing. You could tell one of them got out coached, and 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 it wasn't Shrewsbury. Uh, I said in the post game, Shrews put the screws to KP. There's no doubt about that. As Notre yeah, Dame won, going away. Let me interrupt you real real quick. You know, I've I've developed enough contacts over the years that, you know, I've I've talked to several coaches in the ACC that have played Louisville this year, and this is a direct quote: "They're the worst coach team we've ever seen. We watched their shell drill before the game, and it was horrific." Um, wow! And and that was wow. that came directly from a that came directly from a coach. Um, so. So it didn't. the The average fan could tell the coaching uh, mismatch that was on display um, during that Notre Dame game. And for me, um, that was really the sign that you know we don't have an identity here on either side of the floor. There's a coach on the other side that has his assistants engaged, that has his team bought in, his team's diving on the floor. I mean, it was just. It really was a stark contrast between a coach that's that, that that's going to build something and a coach that's going to fizzle out. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't have said it any better. That was there was it was a stark contrast for sure. All right, so Ty, what I mean, there's four games left in the regular season. You know, at least one in the ACC tournament. Uh, you know, the the season again is is extremely disappointing as Louisville staring. Um, a second consecutive 20-loss season in the face um, tomorrow night. What happens um, here in three weeks when Louisville loses in the ACC tournament? Yeah, so I know uh, some of the fans, myself included, uh, have kind of gotten a little anxious, maybe worried a little bit, um, given the uh, the recruiting buzz out there about a potential year three look. Uh, I, I could end up with egg on my face. Uh, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again in the future. But I, I've, I, I'm very confident uh, in the conversations that I've had that a year three will not be happening. Um, so whether the announcement comes the next day after they lose, um, the night that they lose, or the week after they lose, I'm very confident that this will not continue that a year three will not be on the table. Uh, anyone saying, in my opinion, that it's 50-50 right now is just is kind of uh, misguiding fans. I think it's I think it's been over. 
Um, and I don't think there's anything that can happen the rest of the way that changes that. There's not a recruit. There's not a game. Um, there's nothing that could happen uh, based on what I've been told that that would change uh, the direction of this tenure. Um, so I'm very confident that a year three will not be happening. Ty Spaulding with us here at Louisville on Louisville Sports Live. Um, talking again, once again, a coaching search as the search season is all but uh, sure to start here in, in a matter of weeks. Ty, were you surprised um, when you read Rick Bozich's article this weekend about, you know, these potential five-star top 20 kids committing um, and then, you know, with with the the murmurs of NIL, you know, being dropped. When KP at first, when he first got here, didn't fully embrace NIL. And then, number one, all the vibes that I was getting prior to that article was that there was going to be a mutual separation. But now at least it appears for the time being, that he wants to stay. How surprised were you in that shift and then, you know, hearing about these these five-star kids apparently that want to play for him despite all the background noise with KP being on the hot seat? I was I was surprised because a lot of what we were hearing behind the scenes was um, you know, this is going to be a separation that that both parties are on the same page. Uh, I mean, Kenny himself has told us that he had to be talked into taking the job. He doesn't look like he's having any fun. He can collect a massive paycheck to go be an assistant somewhere else. And he feels the need to dangle some recruits in the fans' faces. And to me, you know, someone, a poster on my message board said this, and and I agreed with it. You know, I think we're done making the disclaimer that, that Kenny's a great guy, that he's a super nice guy. I've never met him. I've never, I, I've never, outside of, you know, media availabilities, I've never talked to him. So if I were to say, you know, he's this great guy, I would, I would be basing that off nothing. Um, and for a fan base that's been through this much, to, to manipulate them in a way that, that, that he did through through Rick Bozich doesn't sit right with me. Um, they, I'm not saying Kenny's a bad guy. I'm not saying that at all. He he may be he may be awesome um, to, to be around, but I, I just I just cannot get behind. So I'm not saying he should have thrown in the towel. I'm not saying he should have quit recruiting. I'm not saying he should have resigned. But to to really manipulate the fan base like this. Um, when you've really not shown any urgency uh, on exactly. the job for two years, it doesn't sit right with me, and I, and I don't think it sit, sits right with the administration at UofL either. Um, and, and to go into the specific recruits, like, you know, there's a famous phrase, you know, there's no coincidences in recruiting. You know, this this, uh, this five-star, in addition to Knox, the, uh, what's his name, uh, Jason Sanan, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so he's done multiple interviews. He did an interview with Trilly Donovan. He's released a top list of schools. And Louisville hasn't been mentioned. They haven't been listed. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hear they're the favorite to land in. And so I did a little digging. I'm like, where is this coming from? Why would this kid want to sign up to play for Louisville? You know, why is Louisville coming out of left field here? What's going on? And 
it's a case of, you know, money talking. And, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, who's backing this deal. Um, but it goes against everything Kenny's been saying. Uh, he said to me directly in the Kentucky, after the Kentucky game, you know, there's not freshmen that can come in here and start over the guys we have. So that's why we need to look to the portal. Um, but now he's, now he's dangling two freshmen out in front of you. All that to say, I just don't know that, that we need to uh, deem Kenny as this great guy, as a super nice guy, uh, given the fact that he's going to make this as difficult as possible. Uh, that's what it seems like, at least. And like I said, I, you know, I don't. Ex- I expect him to want. He get, he deserves his money that's owed to him. Um, he he deserves to, uh, you know, to, to recruit until his last day on the job. But to 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 call Rick Bozich to and, and put something out like this to like I said a fan base that's probably had a, a lot of uh, in, uh, internal scarring, mental scarring over the years, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. And, and I think I don't think it's going to matter whether they land one of these kids or not. Um, obviously, we know the Knox connection. Um, I, I alluded to what I believe is the case with the other kid um, and why there's interest there. Uh, but I don't think it's going to matter. I, I don't think um, I don't think any uh, fresh incoming freshman is going to change the tra- trajectory of this regime. Um, so you know, I, I've I, really with me. I've tried to tell myself just to stay cool. Just stay off, you know, stay off Twitter, stay off X. Just let these next two, three weeks play out, and then, you know, pick up the pieces from there. Ty Spaulding joins us here on LSL. We're talking about Louisville basketball, uh, <clears throat> Kenny Payne's potential replacements. Um, yeah, I'm with you in terms of just like uh, we mentioned in hour number one, KP just not having a plan, and you alluded to it earlier. I mentioned I mentioned that how after that game he was talking about the need for the portal, um, and that you know he can't recruit those guys. But then when he first got here, he was talking about wanting to to recruit younger kids and develop them. And that just goes, you know, it goes with what we've seen from from he and his staff. Like they just never had a plan to begin with, and they're just kind of flailing here in these last couple of weeks. And then, you know, trying to trying to get five-star kids in here at the last second when you should have been doing that from day one and not making excuses, talking about um, kids who thought we were going to get the death penalty when, you know, if you're paying attention, the IRP Nobody didn't. said that. Exactly. Nobody said that, for one, and the IRP um, in their rulings ruled, like, didn't rule that. So... And another thing I wanted to really point out and critique about that Bozich article, you know, Brooks Holden from the Courier, credit to him, he asked Kenny after last season about his coaching staff, about the potential of making changes. Kenny kind of laughed him off, you know, said this is the best coaching staff in the country. And here's Rick. I feel good that, that this is coming from Kenny himself. Rick floating the idea that he's going to make staff changes. Well, no, dude, you can't. You can't laugh off a reporter um, who asked you that same question a year ago. You know, you can't go from I have the best staff in the country to I need to make changes. Like, no, man. Like, you, you can't flip off like that. Nobody's going to buy that. 
And when you when you address the reporter, in this case Brooks, in the manner that he did, I'm not saying he was rude, but he essentially dismissed the question altogether. You, you don't get to play that card when you're about to lose your job. Um, and so that's another piece of that article that I think is flying under the radar. I mean, Rick is telling you without telling you that Kenny's pitch for a year three includes, uh, you know, making staff changes. And, and look, you don't get that benefit of the doubt. You just don't. You know, you, you had that opportunity last year. You didn't do it. And so that, to me, was something I also wanted to point out. You know, just because it's it's a it's a another reason to me that that just showcases that he he just hasn't had a plan. Um, things change. Things change by the hour, um, and it's just another. It's another blimp. Uh, on the radar of a multitude of things that just you just can never get a real feel for what Kenny's trying to accomplish here. No, uh, you you can't at all. Ty, one more question, man, before we get you out of here. Who do you think Louisville should target and, and or have you heard any any other buzz? I like what you said on your on your message board and your website about the Muscleman speculation. Generally, you know, Targets want to lay low. Who do you think Louisville ultimately tries to target? Maybe a couple of guys fans should kind of keep their eyes on. Yeah, so I did come on with you all, I believe, at the beginning of January and mention Musselman's name. Um, my guy down at Arkansas that, that's really close with the program messaged me today and said that Musselman has kind of smoothed things over. Uh, he's kind of repaired some, some relationships. He's kind of... Um, you know, rebuilt some some burnt bridges, um, and it's looking like he doesn't have any plans to leave Fayetteville. And the reason I never bought that Musselman was close to a done deal was because if you're a serious candidate, you don't want your name out there in January. You don't want your name out there in February. You don't want, you know, Truly Donovan. I love Truly. Talk to him, you know, uh, pretty regularly. You know, he said in his Discord that that Musselman's close to a done deal, and to me, that just raised a ton of red flags. There's way too much smoke, way too much noise around this candidate. Uh, too early in the process for me to buy into it. So I don't think Musselman's going to be the guy. Um, where that leads me into, I think Nato is a guy that Louisville's going to seriously look at. I know people want to want to assume that the finances aren't there to hire someone like that. I disagree. Uh, Jeff Borzello from ESPN mentioned Scott Drew. Um, I think that's a guy you, you at least you know make him say no. And you know I, I've I know I know a lot of people are hesitant about Mick Cronin. I know a lot of people don't want him, but let me say this. I do believe U of L can can get around his buyout. I I not I not just believe that I believe that to be a fact uh, based on the contract uh, attorney I spoke to. Um, so if you can get McCronin without having to pay a a cent for his buyout, you could do a lot worse than that. So um, I'm with I you. Think man. I'm three, with you there. 
I think those three names are where you start and you go from there. Um, again, you know, Mick, Mick's, uh, Mick has his, his faults. He's not having a great year this year, but you know, how many coaches could Louisville get that have been to a Final Four? You know, how many co- UCLA is the gold standard of college basketball. You know, taking their coach away from them it is no that's that's no easy easy task. So, you know, I'm I'm not campaigning for Mick. I do think there would be several prominent donors that um, were around for the Rick days that would come back into the fold had, if Mick is the choice. Um, and look. I don't think he's worth paying $16 million for, but if you can get him without having to pay a cent for the buyout, I think you have to look into that. Um, and assuming Louisville has the access to the same resources that I do, I believe they're aware of the loophole in the buyout. Um, I know everyone wants to laugh off, you know, bring Brom home who's, who said that there's a loophole. I, I can – I can I can back that up. There there is a loophole. Uh, if Louisville does their due diligence, they will be able to find it. I'm assuming they're you know they they've looked into it just as I have. And if you can get someone like that who you know last year um, you know Mick he he lost to Gonzaga in a, a nail biter game and and lost I believe two or three starters throughout the season. I mean he was UCLA was a favorite to win the title last year before those injuries. He's He's a guy that's been to the tournament um, a number of times in a row. Twelve straight. I th- yep. Yeah, I think his floor is, is extremely high. I don't know if his ceiling's high, but I think as far as just getting to the tournament, I think he'd be able to do that pretty quickly. You look at his team now, he, his team was, was down in the dumps. They, you know, he, he, um, he obviously was pretty animate about, um, his team is with the media and his team, you know, dug in and they fought for him and they're super young. So look, I'm not campaigning for Mick. I just think let's not write him off. Um, look, I, I don't want, I don't think he's worth paying $16 million for, but if you can get him um, without having to pay a cent for the buyout, like I mentioned, I think he's worth uh, being considered for the job. So I would start with those three, uh, Oates, Drew, and Cronin. Go from there, um, but as I said on the boards and you alluded to, I think I think Josh Hurts going to play this really close to the vest. Uh, my dad was was in a suite with him at the women's game on Sunday, and you know I was like obviously like chomping at the bit to um, to like you know find out what, what what went on in that conversation. And my dad was like, "Look, like he, he didn't he didn't tip his hand at all. Like he said, you know, when we were leaving that." You know he's going to get this figured out. We're going to get it figured out. But as far as like getting a read, he my dad talked to him for for like I said several hours and and couldn't get a read on it. So I think anyone telling you they know who Josh Hurd's you know uh, honing in on at this point, I, I don't think that I don't think anyone knows that right now. Um, so uh, hopefully we get some more intel as this gets closer, uh, as this gets as this comes to an end. But I just think right now it's probably too early to say who's a candidate and who's not. Yeah, I mean, Ty, I, I appreciate your insight, appreciate your info, and man, that um, that quote from one of those ACC coaches yeah. was was damning. That's oh the, my yeah, gosh. that's as damning yeah. as it gets. 
It really is. Well, Tom, man, we appreciate it, dude. I'm sure we'll be speaking um, on down the line. Cardinalsports.com, at Ty Spaulding on Twitter X as well. Thanks as always, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ty. Absolutely, guys. Glad to do it. Man, I mean, Taylor, I I kept thinking just – all of his other answers, I, I like, you know, who the, who the three coaches you're kind of looking at and stuff. But, I mean, I just kept going back to what that coach said. Who do you think it was? Dude, I mean. <laughs> I, I want to know. Who do you think it was? <sighs> who would say – who would come off with some stuff like that? That they're the worst coach team. I feel like it wouldn't be a Duke or a North Carolina. It's not Duke. It's not Carolina. Damon Stoudemire might say that because he's Ooh, a new coach and he's lost. got a lack of filter. Yeah, but not after he lost to True. Syracuse. Did you get that? No, from Syracuse, because maybe? I don't no, think Shrewsbury but, would do it. It could be Shrewsbury. Virginia Tech. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was. It was probably maybe it was from last year as well. I don't know, but yeah. I mean, listen, but. As damning as that comment was, I mean, is it shocking? No. When you watch them, exactly. No, so, but it, but it, it reaffirms what us as fans have been saying for months. Mm-hmm. Like when you have opposing coaches saying the exact same thing. Okay, if you don't want to believe me, believe what an opposing coach said. Believe what a professional right. said. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, Texas says Pittsburgh's coach could it be Jeff Capel? I mean, he would be pretty two-faced because remember when they asked him after they beat us in in January, he was like, "Oh, well, they're getting better." Blah blah blah. You know, I, <laughs> what's he supposed I to say? Know. No, they still suck. We're just terrible. Well, that's <laughs> probably why he said it, so he, you could throw him off the scent. Oh, there yeah, you go. Potentially, may may maybe Forbes at Wake Forest. Like, he doesn't seem like it, the type of. I don't know. You know, you never know. But again, they probably weren't saying it to be mean. They were just saying it as, as what they witnessed. Yeah, Texas says Forbes would say it. That would be okay. very. That would be very Dave Clawson of him. <laughs> oh gosh, the Clawsons. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a great question. I think it's probably – now, we've heard that from, before from some national people have said that too, like their walkthrough is a joke. Yeah. And But, yeah, when you go out there and you see them play and they're 12-47 and 47 over the last two seasons, yeah, that's that, that's that's why people say that stuff. And you're 5-31 and 31 in ACC play. That's what happens. We're going to fall to 1-27 away Yikes. from the Yum Center tomorrow night. I mean – and that's you know, and that's why we and then you know, poor two, Jim five Leonard star- in Miami. That's going to be the ultimate trivia question. Oh, yeah, oh, right, goodness, you know. But remember, for a, for a brief stretch, that seemed like um, that seemed like a really good win. And then now yes. Miami's falling off. They're they're nit bound. So they're not going to the tournament. How many teams without looking? How many teams do you think? Um, how many teams do you think that Lenardi is anticipating or predicting the ACC gets in? Don't look. I, I, well, I think it's five. It is five. Which five okay. do you think it is? Duke, North Carolina, Clemson, mm-hmm. 
Virginia, Wake. Five for five. Boom. But yeah, I mean, got, they're playing. Uh, he's got Virginia as the last four in, and he's got Wake as the last four buys. What, now, what does that mean? I'm still confused by that. Is, is the buy, are the buys like the legit 11 seeds and the last four in are the ones in the first four? I believe so. I've never understood that. I've Zach, can you help us out? He walked away. Bad producing. Zach walked away again. Oh my gosh, I, dude! I'm telling you, he's just—he would rather be enthralled with the UK post-game show than his duties here on LSL. Yeah, I mean, of course they got lucky the, on that. I think the shot. I think the way that it works though, are the last four buys are the last four guarantee spots in the tournament. I don't know. We need, I never we need understood. Zach. I've that, never man. understood either. either. Well, Zachy, now you're back. Look at you. Are, are you just so enthralled with the team up the road post game show that you just just totally? I'm just making sure we're staying on the rails here. We're, we well, got to make sure we stay on the rails because I'm doing a little bit of everything that's here right. about that. That's right. Look at so picking you. up the. All right, so now center. speaking of doing everything, we have a question for you. Okay, yes. let's do it. What does the last four buys and the last four in mean? Like, what is what is that? So the last four buys, I think is that what that means is they don't get to play in the they don't have to play in the play in game. The last four okay. teams in so have to play right the play in, which it shouldn't be okay. the case. It that should be the case anyway. I, as far as I'm concerned, the 16 shouldn't be playing in play in games because they won their conference, they earned their way into the tournament. The last eight at largest should be uh, the teams that have to play in the play in games, but that's what that means. Hmm. Okay. And the, the I'm so confused by the wording of it too. Like first teams out and like yeah, like shouldn't it be out. yeah first four out shouldn't the shouldn't it be last four out or first four in like first four in should be purdue yukon arizona and uh, <laughs> yes yeah houston because yeah. those are the best teams i yukon it makes no sense come on joe yeah all right <laughs> well on, i'm joe. glad i'm glad that uh, we're not the only folks that are that feel that way or confused by some of that stuff so here's something before we wrap up the program uh, you know, Ty mentioned this gentleman, uh, so I'll mention him again, Brooks Holton. He is the beat writer from the Courier-Journal. He also was working on a story he threw out on Twitter X um, today. Like, what, as a fan, how have you taken this season in? And, Taylor, you've, you sound like a lot of the people that responded because I've, I've retweeted it out, um, and then we've gotten a lot of feedback on that. And that is like, how do you view this season? How do you cheer this season? Here's, you know, here's uh, somebody said, I used to, uh, at Viltown, I used to schedule my personal life and events around games. Now, meh, if I've got all the free time, I've got all the free time available. Um, something else. I've been, uh, Brian Bowman said, I've been tuned out for a year and a half. I went to U of L, lived there for seven amazing years from 2009 to 16 and grew up a fan. The product right now is an absolute embarrassment to everyone involved in the university and program. I'm not a fair weather fan. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Casual rooting. Rob tool says uh, casual rooting, no longer appointment TV, watch other games and flip channels. Most of the time the TV, the TV stays on other games. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. I watch when I have to. And as much as I, I hate saying it. I I watch when I have to do post game, and if I'm not doing post game, I don't watch. 
Well, and something for me, like the like again, something that kind of stood out, like in Ty's interview when he said the what that ACC coach told him. What stood out for me when I went to the Notre Dame game last week was just how quiet the Yum Center was. Yeah. And again, not that I'm expecting there to be some buzz by any stretch, but like it was just it was it was quiet. Um, during the game, there was very little applause. Even when Louisville went on like a mini run, uh, Jeff Brom got uh, was was on the big screen, and he by far got the loudest applause. There was um, a season ticket holder gentleman I know back from my softball playing days. Uh, John, he got on the, he, they recognized him as being, you know, a season ticket member for so long. And he was like, you know, what's your favorite memory? And he said, when the cards won it in 2013 and that, that got the second loudest applause, (laughs) like the first two instances of the fans reacting weren't from the play on the court, from the team that they're there to watch. It was like outside factors. And that's. And that's just what slapped me in the face. And again, not that I'm expecting everybody to get rowdy for the basement bowl last week, hmm. but just it the fans that were there, God bless them, mad props to them. The fans that were there just were there because they already bought their tickets. And it was just, they're just there. They're there. They're not really, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about. Um, but it was just weird. Like, you know, at halftime they would do something. There wasn't a whole lot of fan engagement getting rowdy. Uh, during the game it was just, uh, you know, you had some grumbles. But, again, there wasn't any booze that I heard. So I told my wife we went uh, we went to see Journey Saturday night um, at the Yum Center, which was freaking phenomenal. By that was the, the loudest the Yum Center has been all year. Right? I told my wife, I said, honey, this is the most people that has been at the Yum Center all season. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a damn good concert to go to. Dude, it was fantastic. Journey and Toto. It was freaking amazing. Oh, did you bless the reins? You bet I did. You bet I did. (laughs) Wow. Fantastic. Man, well, I mean, and and we want to get back to that. I have a, um, in my basement, I have a, uh, just a panoramic, you know, they have those panoramics of of stadiums and arenas. I have one, of course, of, um, I I don't have the updated version of Cardinal Stadium, of LNN Cardinal Stadium, but um, I have one. The Fed. Get it. <laughs> Get some. <laughs> um, but I have one of the Yum back, I believe it was 2017. We were playing Duke and it had all the banners up there. But I mean, it was jam packed. I think it was the game where um, Grayson Allen was on the floor and Donovan, yeah, hit him oh, with a little yeah, elbow yeah, yeah, one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was that game. Um, but like all in the panoramic view, like all the seats were filled with people that are standing up. I'm, you know, you knew it was a rowdy game. It's one of those games where like you look forward to it all week at work. Yep. You know, once it's game day, you wake up excited. You can't wait to get downtown early, um, to go get something to eat, get, get a drink or two before the game. That's not there. That's not there. Um, my buddies and I, we all went to the Georgia tech game. A couple of weeks ago, there was no wait to get in a restaurant. There was no wait to park for the game. You got right in. Man, I tell you what, it was – it's just – again, like, it, it was convenient. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but, nice like – to not have to wait. Right? Exactly. But then, man, but it's just 
we we got to get back to Cardinal basketball, man. We got to get back to the Yum Center being a difficult place to play, like a rowdy atmosphere. We got to get back to even when Mac was here and you beat Michigan State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Those games were big time games. The crowd was energized and into it, and um, was the six man. They were the six man for those games, and we got to get back to that, man. And the only way you do is with a new coach. We've got to get back to Louisville basketball mattering for yes. it being appointment television for mm-hmm. it being for, for people doing like that, like that person said on Twitter where I, I play in my, my social life around Louisville basketball and, and when games are so that I don't miss anything. Like we've got to get back to that. I've lived downtown yeah. for a year and a half and there's been absolutely no buzz for basketball games whatsoever. No. I can walk into any restaurant on any given day that Louisville's playing and half the time, they won't even be showing the game anymore. That That's how far they've fallen. I mean, and again, that's not saying it to be mean or nasty. That's just spitting facts. And that's why there's going to be a coaching change. Like, when Louisville's hurting for money, like, you can't sell, I'm going to get two five-star kids in here. Like, that's great, but, like, that doesn't matter. Like, you have shown that you can't win with – a substantial talent upgrade. You've shown that. Yes, there's been some injuries, um, but still, JJ Trainer. Out of those injuries, you talk about somebody that that's you know definitely hurt the team is JJ Trainer. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying the same thing for Trey White just missing three games, right? Or not being able to have Dennis Evans or Hersey Miller. Um, yeah, that's that's that doesn't matter. Now, again, if you don't waste a scholarship on Karan Davis. Um, and Yovanovich, you, you have two other guards uh, that can score. Uh, you know, you have two extra shooters in there. Um, you have another guy that can handle the ball. So, like, but you chose not to do that because of that lack of urgency that we were talking about. And all of that mixed together equals 12 and 47. This is a text after my own heart. 185 days until Jeff Brom and the boys are back, baby. Yeah, man. They got the uh, so they released the spring football schedule as well. Yep. So yep. I like to get out there. I like to get out there for a practice. Absolutely. Um, how do you feel about spring game? I never can get into the spring game, man. That's oh, just dude, I, I'm chomping at the bit. Well, normally you have basketball to be excited about. I, I, the spring game is like, I, I can't wait for it. And when Satterfield came here and just ruined, um the spring game and tried to do some stupid crap to the spring game and and remember that first year it was like sleeting yes it was the spring game in february the the winter game like yeah no Um, what are we doing i love the spring game i absolutely love it and i love the way that we do it now and hopefully we have amazing weather because it will be thunder weekend um so yeah here's hoping yeah in Indeed. So Louisville plays Duke tomorrow night. Then they are back at the Yum Center on Saturday for a late-night tilt against the Orange of Syracuse. Syracuse is firmly on the bubble. It's going to be one of those games, Taylor, where, you know, Syracuse coaches are saying, if we want any shot you can't of making the Louisville. tournament. Exactly. And that's and that, that type of stuff has to end as well. Oof, yeah. That, that, just, that really burns me up, too, when, when people are saying that. But – you know what? At this juncture, the truth hurts. I mean, it does. that's and, and that that's where you are. I'll have your post game call 
uh, t- uh, tomorrow night. Taylor will have you on Saturday as, you know, the regular season is just four more games. I, I think both of us think that we'll probably win one more. Um, again, like, does it really matter? No. Um, <laughs> no. You're, no, it doesn't. Uh, you know, I guess maybe try to get the double-digit wins. But, like, what what's 10 and 22 or 9 and 23? You know what I mean? Like, What's what, one win among friends, you know? Exactly. Uh, you know, you, you won, what, two games in February? Maybe. Like, but what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's crazy when you you start rattling off all those stats and there's just one that you hadn't seen or if you say it out loud, you're just like, oh. The first time since. Yeah. 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 Those are the fun ones. Yeah. The one I think uh, Kelly Dickey had a gem last week. Uh, it was the, um, after he lost to Notre Dame, it was the first time Louisville had lost to a team at home with a losing record. Sent by that margin since December of 1943. Oh God! I mean, it's like the hits keep coming. So that's when all right? of our, when all of our best players were, you know, in Germany and Japan. They weren't even yeah, playing that, for during Louisville. during the yeah the World War II era. So it's like, but those that's the that was the that's the the marker. You know what I mean? That is what we have to keep going back to. Not since. Like, it was the worst season since, what was it, 41? 41-40 season. So, but that is where we are right now. And, and again, that is why, at the end of the day, five stars or not, or the, you know, you, you want them to commit, whatever, or not, like, that is why you're moving in a different direction because it has been so bad. He's had the time to show, to show that last year was a fluke. And he hasn't done that. We've seen too many of the same type of things that we saw last year still still rear their ugly heads at this time around. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and the vast majority of fans are over it. They're done with it, ready to move on. Yep, it's got to change, and, and hopefully the end is near. I believe it will be, and the end is near for us as well as we wrap this bad boy up. Thank you guys and gals so much for listening, calling, texting, tweeting um this this show will be podcasted here shortly if you missed any portion of it uh you can hit us up on uh hit us up via the podcast we will tweet that out as well here shortly again i will have you for your course light louisville basketball post game show tomorrow night taylor will have you on saturday night until next time go cards tired of jumping from job to job How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.